Welcome to another episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, Chiefs Wire contributor Nicholas Roche chimes in on what's going on with the Chiefs as they head into their big Sunday night matchup against the Packers. In the Red Friday roundtable, the Cali Chief welcomes former cheerleader, now Chiefs fangirl, Hawang Forrest, to talk about everything going on this week, as well as Sunday night's big matchup against the Packers. But first, we start things off, as always, with Charles Goldman, the managing editor of the Chiefs Wire. Back with us, Chiefs Wire managing editor Charles Goldman. What are your thoughts on the Chiefs defense stepping up in Denver? So, yeah, I, I thought that the defense, they, I mean, really, really performed excellent against the Denver Broncos. Um, they're much more aggressive than they've been at any point really so far this season. They're sending a lot of pressure. Uh, they, they even mixed in a few of those run blitzes like I was kind of talking about. Just ways to get the guys moving and flowing towards the football. Um, they, they loaded up the box knowing that the Denver Broncos wanted to run the football and they were kind of daring Joe Flacco to beat them through the air and, and he just couldn't get it done. And that, um, you know, that that's not exactly the type of game plan you can go into many times during the season. Obviously, against a weaker quarterback like Joe Flacco, uh, someone who, who, you know, isn't really known as, as um, a great passer, really needs to set up the run game to build off that play action type of passing game. Uh, you're not going to see that this week against... Uh, the Green Bay Packers, they're not going to be daring Aaron Rodgers to, to throw, at, throw at them in the same way. So they're going to have to get a little bit more creative um, when it comes to stopping a quarterback like him. Um, but I thought this was an important game. I mean, the, the Chiefs defense to this point really hadn't shown us that they could uh, stop anyone, that they could take over a game and really, um, really help this team win in the way that they want to win football games. So uh, you know, that that was, uh, um, uh, I guess, a milestone on the season, if you will. And they'll want to build off that. But at the same time, you have to recognize that, you know, each game plan is going to be different. Um, and I think that this it might have not been an opportune week um, to, to have that type of performance, because now I think people are going to have this expectation of the defense coming out and being, um, you know, just flat out dominant in the way they were against the Broncos. And I think it's going to be a little bit of a comeback to earth moment this this upcoming week against the Packers on Sunday night football. Do you have faith in Matt Moore starting the next few weeks? Uh, yeah, I have I have great faith in in Matt Moore. If he has to be the guy as the, the starting quarterback these next uh, couple of games, we we don't really know officially yet if Matt Moore is the starter. The Chiefs are kind of dangling Patrick Mahomes out there at practice, and and you know first day he practices limited capacity. He's taken the fourth, third, and fourth reps at the quarterback spot behind um, Matt Moore, Kyle Shermer, and Chad Henney. Then he comes out on Thursday and he's taking the number two reps behind Matt Moore, um, at least for the open portion of practice where, where the media can watch. Um, they obviously could change things up when, when he starts throwing and whatnot. They really only let let the media watch the individual portion uh, where they're doing the, the ball handling drills and handing the football off to the running backs. 
So we we don't know yet if it's going to be Matt Moore, but if it is going to be Matt Moore, I'm I'm comfortable with him being the starting quarterback for the Chiefs for a couple of games. Um, will he be an X factor and type of guy who can win football games for the Chiefs? I'm not sure. I think he's going to need a lot of help probably from his his skill position players from his defense to really have a shot. Uh, against some of these teams that that are on the schedule the next couple of weeks, because you know we're talking about the red red hot uh, offenses for both teams, the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings, just in the next two weeks alone. Um, Moore has a decent arm strength. He doesn't have the zip on the football that that a guy like Patrick Mahomes or um, some of the other guys that you'll see out there have, but he can throw a nice deep ball. It's more of like a rainbow arcing style of pass than, you know, some of these bullets that you'll see coming from, from Pat or some of the other guys. But, um, you know, he, he he does, like I said, he doesn't quite have that zip. I think, you know, window throws and stuff like that. You're not going to see many of those from, from more. Um, if you do, you might see them get picked. Uh, he, he, I don't know that he can fit, fit a ball into a tight window, uh, the way that we're used to seeing with, with Pat. Um, however, uh, you know, he, he has the strength to, to hit, you know, 20, 25 yard pass. Um, as long as this guy has space to, to catch it out in front, he can lead the ball. He has, like I said, good rainbow arc to his throws. Um, he's a smart guy. One, one of the things I was really impressed about when watching, you know, tape of, of Matt Moore when he was with the Dolphins and even just this last week is he, he's got good pocket presence. Like he can manage the pockets like real chaotic. You got a lot of guys, bodies, you know, offensive linemen falling over, you know, defenders coming at you. He can move pretty well and, and manage to find a spot to, you know, move up in and step up and, and deliver a pass. Um, he, he's not overly mobile. You're not going to see him take off and run with the ball too often. But you will see him moving around in the pocket and making plays uh, within that that pocket. So I, I think that that you know he, he's going to need some help. They're going to have to scheme some things up to get him some some big plays. Um, I, I look at you know one player in particular uh, recently. It was uh, Damian Williams. They spent time together with the Miami Dolphins and. Uh, it's they had a real real strong connection, real good chemistry. Um, so that that's one to look for, um, especially because you know Lashawn McCoy had kind of taken over um, as the lead back in recent weeks. I think it could be closer to a 50-50 split, or maybe even you know Damian getting a heavier workload this week because he's more comfortable with Matt, and Matt's more comfortable with him. Um, like I said, they they have some good chemistry built up. They they connected a bunch on passing plays, but specifically passing plays uh, in Miami. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's something to watch and to look for. Um, perhaps maybe getting the running backs involved a little bit more. Um, the inside linebacker position is not the strength of the Green Bay Packers, so that could be that could be something to watch for. Looking ahead to this Sunday night's matchup with the Packers, do you believe the defense can slow down a red-hot Aaron Rodgers? Um, as far as the the defense uh, slowing down Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in that. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, we're, we're talking about one of the best 
uh, quarterbacks in the NFL right now, but probably one of the best to ever play the game. Um, you know, there's a reason that that Patrick Mahomes gets compared to Aaron Rodgers often. They have very similar play styles where they can just make magic happen. So, um, you know, the problem is you you blitz, you send a blitz after him, and and he you know finds somebody open downfield and throws an amazing pass after him. Um, if you're sending a blitz after after Aaron Rodgers, you have to hit home. That's the the only way to really slow him down on that one. Pressure alone won't won't stop him. Um, if you have to ask your guys to cover for a couple extra seconds to get to him, he's just going to tear you apart downfield. So, um, I, I I mean I think even <laughs> even uh, really. Uh, uh, Steve Spagnolo, he he was explaining that you know they're gonna have to try a lot of different things in this game to try and see what works best against Rodgers because he he he's a guy who can adjust on the fly. Um, that that'll be interesting to see, uh, and I'm curious if they can slow him down at all. I I I tend to believe they can't, but maybe they have something cooked up for him. We'll we'll just have to see on that one. Okay, Charles, any particular stories from Chiefs Wire you would like to highlight from the past week? Um, as far as stories go on the site this week, we've got some really good stuff. Uh, started off the week kind of breaking down um, some stuff about the trade deadline. We did like a little review um, of the draft capital that the Chiefs kind of have right now, players under contract for the next three seasons, really the pieces that they could potentially move and trade. Um, we, we kind of kicked things off with that and then um, looked at a, a couple players that, you know, I, I think the Chiefs could have interest in were those players made available. Um, started off with uh, Redskins cornerback Quentin Dunbar, a guy that a lot of people aren't talking about, but he's the number one ranked cornerback uh, in, in pro football focuses rankings right now. Uh, the fact that he's on a really bad Redskins team is why he's probably not being talked about a lot. But, I mean, this is a guy that needs to be talked about as one of the top-tier cornerbacks in the league right now. I actually suggested that we trade for him before the start of this season uh, when the cornerback position was looking a little rough for the Chiefs. Um, they look better right now, but I, I tend to, to feel that if the Chiefs are going to make a trade at the trade deadline, it's going to be... Uh, for a defensive player, but specifically either a cornerback or a pass rusher. I think with with this defense, those are the two areas where you can really improve and strengthen heading into the, the playoffs. And, you know, adding players there, even, even if these guys end up, you know, operating in a depth capacity once you acquire them initially and then working them into the starting lineup or working them into a rotation, I, I think those are the areas where you absolutely have to have to improve and can improve um to really help this team you know get over the next couple weeks and into the playoffs successfully um and kind of reach that goal that you're looking for again they want to get back to the afc championship game they want to get to the super bowl and they want to win it so you know, uh, if those are guys that that are available, um, you know, defensive ends, cornerbacks, I think the Chiefs need to consider um, going out there and acquiring them. Um, but really, at the same time, uh, you know, you, you can't just go out there and make a deal for the sake of making a deal. It's got to be the right deal for your team, 
the right deal for your franchise. And, you know, if that deal's not out there, then I don't know that the Chiefs will make a move. Um, so we got those two articles uh, out there. We'll have more on the trade deadline uh, kind of this weekend and into next week. Um, and, you know, uh, obviously uh, one of my favorite articles of the week is uh, Nicholas Roche's scouting report. Uh, check that out. He does a great job breaking down the team, the different matchups, um, the, the history between the two teams, additions uh, and subtractions of, of key players on the team. So, you know, I mean, the Chiefs haven't played the, the Packers in the regular season since 2015. So it's been a while. Um, you know, they've got a new head coach, new scheme uh, on on the offense and the defensive side of the ball. So um, really, you know, th- those are the types of guys that, that uh, you know, you, you want – those are the things you want to read. Those are the types of things you want to learn about ahead of a matchup like this to get yourself kind of prepared for, for what you're facing. Um, and next up, I, I, I was talking about it a little bit earlier, actually. I, I wrote an article about uh, Damian Williams and Matt Moore's connection. Um, no one no one really has, has asked uh, more about, you know, about Damian Williams yet, which is kind of surprising to me because, I mean, they've had some really good, some good uh, plays together back when they were with the Dolphins. Um, I highlighted one in this article, but... Uh, you know, it's just, um, that, that chemistry, I mean, that doesn't go away just cause they haven't played together in a couple of years. I mean, they're, they're still familiar enough with each other. They know what they're capable of. And I, I can see the chiefs leaning on that, uh, in this upcoming game. If, if Matt Moore is the starter, so, uh, take a look at that and, uh, yeah, thanks so much for, for, uh, checking us out. For more information on this story and others, head over to ChiefsWire.com and we'll give you all the details you need on the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up next, the Chiefs Wire Podcast Roundtable. Chiefs Kingdom. I can feel it. I hear the palpitating hearts. I I can sense the clammy palms and the sweaty foreheads and the nerves. The racked nerves. But let me tell you, there's nothing to be worried about. He's a football player. It happens. It happens to the best of them. And he is one of the best of them. So here we are coming off of a win after two losses in a row. And we're a little worried as a kingdom. And it's understandable. And today I'm going to talk about that with my guest, Hong Forrest. She is a wife, a mother of two fine boys, a former Chiefs cheerleader, and obviously a huge Chiefs fan. She's an entrepreneur as well. How are you doing today, Hong? I am doing fantastic. Excited to be on Talking Chiefs with you today. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Hopefully this is the first of a number of visits this year and into the playoffs and into post-Super Bowl glory conversation, which I'd like to have with everyone. I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) So we're sitting here and we're at the end of our most traumatic moment in the season. Where does that find you? What's your busy day-to-day like as a Chief fan? Staying up on top of the ever-changing news, like 
Is he practicing? Is he not practicing? How are the results? Who is injured? Who else is injured at this point? I feel like this season we've been hit with a quite a long injury list. Mm -hmm. And uh, to have Patrick Mahomes' name on there, even though he is practicing, as you know, he's practicing today. He practiced yesterday. And that is scary considering it hasn't even been one full week since his injury. It's crazy. Um, That Thursday game gives you that little three-quarter bye week kind of thing, which is nice, and teams do enjoy that. They appreciate that little break, I know. But uh, that was a name I didn't want to see on the list at all. It was bothersome to me that he had the nicked-up ankle and it just kept lingering and kept lingering, and a lot of times that can lead to worse things due to attrition on the other leg or overcompensation or inability to escape like you normally would. Um, I did go on and look at his college highlight reel again just to look and see had he worn a brace before? Because I thought when I looked him up before the draft, before anybody was talking about him, I found out about this guy from a friend of mine, and I was super stoked when we traded up, and I was saying, please say Pat Mahomes, please say Pat Mahomes. My buddy's like, I thought you liked Watson. I do, but I love Pat Mahomes. <laughs> and uh, he did, in fact. The, the one video I pulled up, the first, third, and fifth clips that I saw, at least, he had a brace on his left leg. And two of those clips were running touchdowns, one for 16 yards and one for 22 yards. So he's not a stranger to wearing a brace. I was taking the silver lining to mean, well, if it's only three weeks, maybe if we're 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh going into that fourth game, we just sit him up for that fourth game and then the bye week, five weeks rest for that knee and that ankle. And he gets a, after the bye week, you come home, you're playing at Airhood against the Raiders. I mean, that would be like an insane comeback day. But now it looks like you might even play this week. How, how nervous are you as a fan and a mother? <laughs> I am extremely nervous. Absolutely. Um, you know, initial reports saying three to five weeks, like you said, would be perfect for him to sit out that long, come out after the bye week. Also, of course, you know, with these 10 days that he, we had as a team here for Everybody who needed just that rest, of course, but just knowing that our bye week originally still is, is not until later in the season. These 10 days have been crucial. But now to hear that he's out practicing, he's taken a few reps, Mm -hmm. several yesterday from what I saw and what I understand, um, it's extremely scary. And, you know, he's tough. He's as tough as they come. And just like you said, uh, checking out his college highlight reel, playing through and playing with the brace on, running for touchdowns, even with the brace on. Uh, I think that's the scary thing is sometimes when you try to be so tough and work through these injuries and whatnot, you put yourself at greater risk down the road for other things. I know we are so excited, especially coming off last season and the incredibly magical season that we had. Sure. It is so frustrating to know that we we have this quarterback and his talent and his ability and where um, he and our both sides of the ball, I'm going to say it, both sides of the ball, where are where they can take our team and our city, our franchise. But at the same time, I want that franchise quarterback. He is a franchise quarterback. And I want to be able to have happy cheering days right. for many years to come. I want my boys to experience growing up with a winning franchise mm-hmm. and not just, you know, the many years we've endured as Chiefs fans. The age that quarterbacks are playing to nowadays, your boys could be in college and he could be finishing up his career. Everybody says good 10 years, 15 to 18 years, he could be our quarterback and he could be just as good as he is now. Just can you imagine him 10 years from now if he stays healthy and just having 10 years of experience and seeing every defense they can throw at him? His numbers could be insane. Like, I mean, they're crazy now, but this he could just rewrite the whole standard of what a great quarterback is. Right along with that, being able to... 
for him to have 10 years, for him to have the experience and everything else. I know, you know, right now I have friends and family who obviously are to beat a dead horse Patriots fans. Uh-huh. <laughs> but Tom Brady, his prolific career that he's had, how good he is. Um, I think we can all agree as sports fans that mm-hmm. he is just an incredible athlete and has won obviously many, many, many championships. And to give Patrick Mahomes the years to be able to do that right, right now, you know, we talk about his numbers, which he has put up incredible numbers. But at the same time, he hasn't had the years and the experience and the team to be built around him. Right. to earn those championships yet. So I'm excited to have those years, for him to have those years, so that we do have the opportunity for our team to win down the road. And But it all starts with being healthy, of course. Yeah, and the longevity for Tom Brady, that's what makes all the difference in the world. And the gap between his first three championships and his next three championships is a little crazy, too. It's, it's usually not how that story is written. Um, with Patrick, of course, it's just keep building that team around him. And who's to? I, I believe that my prediction is he's going to be the first quarterback to lead a team to three straight Super Bowls, championships, wins, not just three in four years like the Patriots and Cowboys have both done, but at least three in a row. And he might go to five. I'm just I put that out there last year that he could be to the NFL what Warren Moon was to the CFL, where it's like knock on the championship door the first year, don't quite make it, and then the next five years just kick it in just because he's so otherworldly and next level. Yeah, absolutely. And not just next level. This It's a Patrick Mahomes level because I don't think anybody else is playing anywhere close to the level that Patrick Mahomes is at. So that gave me goosebumps hearing you say three in a row, by the hey, way. <laughs> it's, it's a very strong possibility. Why not? There's, I mean, rules, rules and records are made to be broken, and, and we see them both rules and records being broken by the Patriots all the time. They cheat a little bit here and there. We hear, that's what we hear. I don't know that's, you know, we just hear what the NFL wants to tell us, but uh, no, they, they push the rules to the limits for sure. And it seems like Bill Belichick knows the rule book better than the referees do. And they keep changing the rule book to stop him from doing the things he does to win occasionally. But Hey, if it's in there, take advantage of it by all means. Exactly. But he's got such a next level ability, just his mobility, his, and that's the thing I think a lot of people are worried about. Well, he can't move around as much, but his, his effectiveness outside of the pocket was top two or three percentile last year. And his effectiveness inside the pocket was just as good. So it's more to me, it's more about getting the other guys around him back. And I was looking at that three to five week break as we get fish back, we get Andrew Wiley back. He gets Sammy Watkins, back. like, it's not just Patrick coming back. People keep talking about, Oh, the chiefs are done for and. The day after the Bronco game, I heard a certain uh, member of the Pundacy, we'll call him CC. He's a former wide receiver. We won't stress his name. But uh, he said, well, look at the Chiefs. They got no defense. They got no O-line. I'm like, did you watch the Thursday night game against Denver? Because nine sacks is pretty good defense, and it made a huge difference having Hitch back. (laughs) Having Hitchens back in there was just a huge difference, and people were like, I can't believe the difference it makes to not have Hitchens in there. I'm like, he's the quarterback of the defense. Of course it makes a huge difference. Guys are at sea. They're lost. They don't know where they're supposed to be, and they're not playing aggressive because he's not there to lead by example. We got him back, exactly. and look what they did to the Broncos the minute he came back to the field. Exactly. So, And I have to say this because I was so impressed by our defense, as I know most of Chiefs Kingdom was. Of course. But at the same time, you know, on the other side of that, people were saying, oh, but it's just the Broncos. Okay, it's just the Broncos, but we all know the Broncos are known for their 
the run game. Uh-huh. And we were worried going into this. At the beginning of the season, you know, if I were when I was looking at the schedule, I was thinking, oh, Broncos, we got this. And of course, you know, your faith was a little bit shook in these last few weeks before the Broncos game, of course. Sure. So I thought maybe, well, that might not be a sure win. Mm-hmm. But going into it, we know that the Broncos run. They have a great running backs. They have great players as well. And I was very worried about that. But to watch our defense hold them to six points and do what they did with those nine sacks and pressuring and pressuring the quarterback again and again. It was absolutely incredible to see. So think what you want to think about the Broncos and how bad of a team that they might be or how poorly they played that Thursday night. I still think that our defense stepped up to the plate, especially with Mahomes going down in that second quarter there. They really stepped up and showed up. And I'm excited to see that progress, especially in that short window of time that we had from the Sunday night game to the Thursday night game. Right. I'm excited to see that, and I think it's extremely promising. Having Hitchens there, his leadership, like you said, we had to depend on a lot of rookie players uh, in that game, but having leadership there mm-hmm. really makes a difference. That guidance, that that strength in that, what you view, you know, the same way that we look at Patrick, as young as he is, but he's fully capable and has shown his capability in leading not just the team, but being that leader for our community, being that ambassador in our community. His leadership is very wise beyond its years. Um, I spoke to Ryan Tracy from RGR last week. You can take a listen to last week's podcast. You know, here we were talking about the fact that what a difference it's going to make to have Hitchens back before the game. We talked about it, and we'd like to see them play Reggie Ragland more, which they did. And guess what? We stopped the run. They got seventy-six yards as a team. Uh, Reggie's built for that, and the O line. Um, this is the thing we were talking for a while now this season, saying when we commit to the run, we're a better team. And I dug into the numbers, and I found out that not only were we a better team, under Patrick Mahomes as our quarterback in the Andy Reid offense, when we run the ball 20 times, we're undefeated. The only game where there's 20 carries on the books that we've lost since Patrick's been our quarterback was against the Rams, and five or six of those were Patrick, and they weren't designed runs. So we only ran the ball like 14 times. It's weird. It's not anomalistic. It's every time we run the ball 20 times, and then it doesn't matter what the other team does. Because the Broncos ran the ball more than 20 times. They didn't win. But it seems to be that magic number of if you show the run that much, it slows down the pass rush just enough to make our offense go. Now, obviously, it's more effective and you're going to go faster when Patrick's back there. But even with Matt Moore back there last week, when we showed the run enough, it slowed down their pass rush. They couldn't get to him enough. They couldn't break things up. And I look at Shady and, and... Darrell Williams are both averaging over five yards a carry. People keep saying we can't run the ball. The numbers don't say that. The numbers say we can absolutely run the ball. And when we stick to it, it only makes our offense better. And a lot of the games where we have run the ball 20 or so times, the other team has run the ball a lot more than us, sometimes 40-plus times, and it doesn't matter. And it just opens up more plays for Patrick to throw the ball as well because all of a sudden there's no pass rush, and he just starts dicing people apart, and it gets really crazy and out of hand really fast. So I'm looking forward to him being healthy when they bring him back. I hope this is a lot of uh, gamesmanship, and I hope that at least this week he doesn't play, unless he's really, really ready. Because at the very least, I'd love to see his ankle get one week of just not going out there. Because that's that's a huge... If that if they could just get that ankle right, and then put a brace on that knee and it's getting right as well, his game just goes to a whole other 
stratosphere. It's crazy. It sure does. And I'm with you. I, I know that he's feeling good and whatnot, but I also would like to see him sit out at least this game. I know it's a big game playing Sunday night primetime, playing the Packers, yeah. but I really would feel so much better if he sat out and allowed the ankle to heal as well. And any Packer fan could understand our concern, too, because they've dealt with enough of the calf injuries with Aaron. As much as we want to see Aaron v. Mahomes, it's really not worth it if one of those guys goes down long term. Right. I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers go down long term. It makes football less fun to watch. I don't like watching. No offense Absolutely. to the backups in the league. Even Matt Moore, all you guys. We want to see the starters. That's why they're the starters, because they have another ability that a lot of guys don't have. And they're the best in the world. Oh. And that's the other thing I think people got to not forget is Matt Moore and other backups. Like Kyle Allen, look at Kyle Allen for the for the Panthers is playing phenomenal. These guys wouldn't be in the league if they couldn't do it. Now, everybody's like, well, it's not going to be like Pat. Well, who would be like Pat if we put them in there as a backup? There's nobody that's going to be like Pat. But the offense is designed to work, and the offense still has a ton of amazing skill players. And all he's got to do is get the ball in their hands and let them do what they do. Now, we might not see the 60 yards through the – well, we're definitely not going to see the 60 yards through the air if Matt's back there because I don't know that he can do that. That's just physically not his ability. But – we saw the one the other night. We threw about 34 yards through the air and just lofted it up. When Tyree caught the ball, Matt Moore's reaction was so unabashedly kid-like. Like, he was so excited, like, oh, my, it's that easy? All I got to do is put it in his hands, and he runs away from everyone? Like, that looks like he was having a lot of fun. And I'd like to see a lot more of that on Sunday night. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. It is a lot of fun. When you have players who are talented and skilled and gifted, when you have somebody like Tyreek out there who has the speed and the hands that he does, my goodness, it does make things a lot more fun. It does make things more exciting. So it is, it is ni- on that note, it's nice to have Tyreek Hill back. It's nice to see him play. And you're right. Matt Moore is not going to be launching the long bombs the way that Patrick Mahomes would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still, he's capable. He's entirely capable. There's, you're not the second string quarterback for no reason exactly so and like you said with Kyle Allen is doing a great job Teddy Bridges is doing an amazing yeah. job with Drew Brees being out right now for Teddy the Bridgewater you, you're seeing amazing. a lot of players yes yes <laughs> Louisville Teddy, exactly guy. <laughs> so yes they're just doing a great oh see <laughs> so you're you know a thing or two about Louisville I'm learning slowly <laughs> and it's great to see him out there I mean just same thing with Patrick Mahomes you know his first year in the uh, in the league there sitting back there behind Alex Smith you know just those the things that you learn the things that you learn from the veterans but then your time to shine your time to be put out there um to show what you can do that time comes and so it's you're right we we're we're here to see the number ones play um i I am very i Mm -hmm. i will say that i am disappointed that we're not going to get to see rogers versus mahomes because you have a great quarterback you know one of the greats here but you have the new era of quarterbacking in patrick mahomes and it would have it I'm not going to say it would have because who knows what they're going to do come Sunday. Right. But seeing the two of them play would be epic, obviously. Absolutely, it would be epic. I've always been of the mind that uh, Patrick is basically Aaron Rodgers if he was a gym rat. Aaron's, Aaron looks like he's got kind of like a cyclist or a runner's body, <laughs> like he doesn't really hit the weights. And Patrick looks like he can't get enough of the gym. <laughs> and it's just it's just interesting to see their two, their two playing styles and – he does also have a little bit of Brett Favre, although he's a little more careful with the football, I think, Patrick is. This week, let's get on to this week. What do we, what do you have a prediction for this week? What do you think is going to happen? You don't think Patrick's going to play, so you've said that much. What do you think the result's going to be? Do we, do we double down on our defense and our, and our dedication to the run, or what do you think happens? 
I honestly do. I really do. I think that I'm, gonna, I, I'm going to go f- uh, in favor of the Chiefs, of course. I mean, I can't be your Chiefs fangirl and think otherwise, right? Um, <laughs> but I'm going to say that we're going to be able to do this. Uh, we're going to take advantage of those keys that, as, just like you said, as long as we can mix in there running the, fo- running the football, um, so between our run game, maybe Matt Moore will get in there, a couple of those lofty passes down to Tyreek. Maybe we'll get Sammy back and he can make a couple of those runs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that having, it's unfortunate, we um, released uh, DeAnthony Thomas yesterday but, or the day before. I can't remember. Yeah. My days all run together here. <laughs> but I think mm-hmm. that if we can get it on special team side kickoff returns and whatnot, because we know the Packers, that's not a strength of theirs, defending the kickoff. Um, if we right. can get McCole Hardman in there and he does his thing, Thing, he's got quite the speed in him. So I'm really going to think that we can do some of those things and our defense is going to continue uh, off of and building off of what they were able to demonstrate and show to us in Denver. I really think we have a great shot of showing Chiefs Kingdom that we can do this without Patrick, but we'd love to do it with Patrick, of course. Yeah, and I looked a little bit at Matt's career stats, and he has five games where he threw for three touchdowns and one where he threw for four touchdowns. And I don't even have to look at the rosters. I know the Miami Dolphins did not have anybody like Tyreek or like Travis Kelsey or like even Damian Williams. And, well, they might actually have Damian Williams <laughs> for a minute there. He was with them. Um, but they didn't have Shady back there. They didn't have Andy Reid's offense going. He's shown an ability to do that before with lesser weapons at his disposal. So you never know what's going to happen with one broken play. A guy takes off. I really think our defense is going to put the pressure on them. I think they're coming. I think Spaggy's going to bring them from all over the place. We had nine sacks, and it was spread out over a number of guys. It wasn't like two guys did the whole yeoman's work. It was it was a team effort. And as long as we can contain that run, I do have Aaron Jones in my fantasy pool, but I don't expect a ton out of him this week. But they have a two-headed monster there. Jamal Williams is pretty good as well. So we're going to have two guys to work on. They're not incredibly dissimilar. They have a similar uh, style of ability. Aaron is more the pass-catching guy as well as a runner, and Jamal's kind of more the runner, straight runner. But uh, it's going to be how effective can we be getting around those tackles? How effectively can we stop the run up the gut? Because that was our big Achilles heel for those few weeks that we looked weak. The middle just got gashed. And I don't know if it was a lack of commitment or what. I think we're going to see more plays out of Reggie just because of what he showed when he was in there. And having Hitch back, I mean, Damian Wilson was lost without Hitchens. He was, he was missing plays. He was in position and not being aggressive. And then last week, nope. It was right back on point. They go all the way back to Cowboy days together. And that's where he had some of his best best efforts. And I'm looking forward to seeing that. That's This is the thing people <laughs> keep forgetting. I'm looking forward to seeing this, this defense keep gelling. Because they're only in their first year together. There's a lot of new guys. It's a whole new system. And they're just getting better. And... All these people that have written them off, I'm like, I think they're in for a big shock because the one big poser for me is the, is the Patriots. No offense to everything they've done. They're amazing. Great quarterback, great coach. Their offense has been mediocre, and their defense that's rated so high and amazing in the stats. And the, who have they played? Who have they played? When, you're, when your opponents have less than a 27% win rate, you got a tomato can for a schedule. I'm sorry. I'm calling it out. It's like when you play some people... And they got a stretch coming up where they're going to play a bunch of people. They're going to play the Eagles and Texans and Cowboys, and it's going to get hairy. And we'll see what the you know what metal they're made of when the rubber hits the road with that schedule. Because right now they've been coasting, and they get to coast the last three weeks. It's going to be well, maybe not coasting on the Bills because their you know defense is pretty legit. 
but then they have Miami and they have Cincinnati. So we got to see them take a couple losses in the heart of that schedule if we want to have a chance to have home court throughout the playoffs, which I don't even care about. We're we're five and two right now. All of our wins are on the road. So tell us where to show up. We'll bring it. Just tell us where to show up. We got this. Exactly. What are your thoughts on the rest of the season? Oh, well, I think it's going to be, I think we're in, depending on when Patrick comes back as well, but I think that we've got a good stretch here. I really do. We've played sure. some great games already. We've played, just like you said, I, I, I don't want to write off our defense. I've never been one to do that because right. I understand that it takes a while. I know maybe some people think that that's what the preseason is for. We don't even have a finalized mm-hmm. roster when preseason. That's what preseason is for, <laughs> no. is to see people's abilities, what they might, what their potential might be, what they may look like. But this these last few weeks, we are just starting to really get to see how this defense has come together. October is the month where we kind of start to see what teams are made of and whatnot. And so this is exciting because they are finally playing together these last several weeks. And they it's mid-season, which I can't believe it's already the middle of the season here. Yep. But this is what we can expect. This is the potential we're working with. And they know that on the coaching side, the GM side, the front office side. Mm-hmm. That's why they bring these players together, which we might not fully understand sometimes. Some of the choices that they make, of course. But then sure. when we see it all put together, I think that's where it's really exciting. So it's going to be able to... You know, Packers this weekend, uh, Vikings the following weekend. So it's going to be really interesting. These two games, I think, are um, going to be very interesting games here. But then we have what's after that? Chargers are after that, I believe. We have we have the Packers, Vikings, Titans, and Chargers Titans and are Chargers. the next four. And then yep, yeah. and then our bye week. Then our bye week, hits, and yep. then Raiders. So yeah. I think Come that to our we house. can exactly. <laughs> it wouldn't be a December, a complete December without the Raiders coming to Arrowhead. So, right. but I think that if we can hang in there these next three weeks here, mm-hmm. that I think we're going to do really well with um, uh, postseason and with heading into yes, heading into postseason play. So uh, I am selfishly, <laughs> I would not like. I don't want to see Patrick playing this weekend. I'm selfishly hoping that he may play. I mean, I'm, I'm okay if he does not, but I'm selfishly hoping that he might play against the Vikings. I'll be home at Arrowhead that weekend. Right. So it'll be exciting to see him get a couple reps there, perhaps. But I think that we, as long as we get our way through these next couple of weeks here, I think that we're in a really good position. Yeah, I mean, this week we're going against one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, obviously, who, who had one of his best games ever last week. The first ever, I couldn't believe it when I heard that stat, the first ever perfect QBR for a Packers quarterback was last week. I'm like, really? How is that even yeah. possible? <laughs> I guess because they gunsling a little bit. They take some chances and that knocks your your rating down, but that shows you what QBR is worth, honestly. If those guys would never achieved a, a perfect QBR, it doesn't really carry a ton of water. But we have him coming in there, and I mean, he can beat you alone any even Sunday sometimes. So I, I think that's great that if he, if Patrick plays and he's good to go, amazing. I'm looking forward to that. If he doesn't, the upside, hey, defense, you have nothing to lose. Everyone in the world thinks we're going to lose. Go get him. Just go get him. Exactly. Just prove everybody wrong. Everybody thinks you're going to get beat. Show them, show them they're wrong. And then the next week, you have the Vikings, who, I mean, he's had three weeks in a row where Kirk Cousins put up great numbers. But previously to that, for the last year and a bit, he's been, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. One week he's one guy, the next week he's another guy. So who knows? And that's at our house as well. So who knows where that's going to go? Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill had a great game last week. He seems to 
be what that offense was missing. So who knows? They could be a challenge. And then the Chargers are like their usual walking wounded by midseason every year. They start up the season, everyone's favorite to win the West. Still waiting on that, huh? <laughs> huh, San Diego slash LA? <laughs> That's not happening. So I think we got I think we've got their numbers still. Andy's lost to them once in the last, I think, six five five years. He lost to them in the first season and then hadn't lost to them since till last year, and last year was questionable at best with some of those non calls and calls that would now be reversed and Oh yes. We won't go down that road. Uh and then we have the bye week. Like you said, we have the bye week and coming out of that it's the Raiders at Arrowhead where Derek Carr is always good for at least one or two interceptions. And that defense should be clicking on all <laughs> cylinders. We'll have Chris Jones back by then. I mean that the, the the people we're missing right now, they're not it's not small news. And nobody's talking about it. Everybody's just talking about, well what's happening with the Chiefs? What's happening? Don't even worry about us. All you need is a chip and a chair, baby. We get to that table, and we're invited to the dance come playoff time. Bring it on. Who you got? If we're healthy, who do you have? Pick a team from any era. We'll go up and match up against them. I'm not in any way, shape, or form worried about this offense. And if our defense keeps clicking like they did last week, even three quarters, half of what they did last week is a vaunting defense. So we'll see. That's where we always are from week to week. At the end of the day, we can have our prognostications and our hopes and our dreams, and it's all we'll see. We'll see what they do because the, yeah, exactly. the players got to go out there and do it. Week to week, you never know. You just never know what happens, and that's the beauty of this game. And it's one of the things I love about it is because, and, you know, being a mom and boys who play sports mm-hmm. and just raising children in general, you know, you tell them what you do one day. Uh, it, you have to do it every single day consistently, but then it all comes down to that game. Your mindset, well, how well you prepared for it, how ready, how how ready are you for that game? So it all comes down to any given Sunday. <laughs> well, I'm coaching my daughter's uh, six-year-old soccer team right now, so for me, it's just have fun. God bless you. Have fun. <laughs> you guys having fun? Good. They didn't win winning. I know they're up seven yes. to one. It's okay. Have fun. <laughs> I know we play the same team well, right, every week that destroys us every week, but go out there and have fun. And they're having fun. They don't even care about the score. It's like an inconsequential right. thing that the ball happens to go in the net once in a while and they reset. That's all they're looking at it as. We're running around and kicking things. It's great. But that's a key thing, though, like you said there, having fun. Uh-huh. And when our defense was doing what it was doing that Thursday oh night, that was fun. That was so fun to see. And you could see it amongst themselves. You could see it, that, that just that energy, that confidence. Mm-hmm. You could see it. And that made it really, really fun. The three, the three that I got to see a piece of were obviously our game. Um, Thursday night, the defense was having a ball. A good friend of mine is a 49ers fan, so I watched the games with him. They were having a blast sliding around like there was a slip and slide on the field in that rain in Washington. But the last one was Aaron Rodgers was having an awful lot of fun last week. And I just kept saying to myself, get it all out of your system right now. Please use up all those points you're going to have for next week and just come into us drained. <laughs> maybe it's a little bit of a trap game. You expect an easy win and come out there and maybe Arrowhead's really loud and maybe the defense keeps it going and maybe Matt Moore just hits a few more passes than you expect and it's enough and we get the run game going again and I'm looking forward to this week. I'm going to say uh, 21 to 17. I think we're going to take them 21 to 17. I think it's going to require a couple of turnovers. We're going to have to take the ball away a few times. Uh, otherwise, Aaron's going to eat us up. But I think we're going to get the ball from them a couple times, and we're going to keep running the ball. And hopefully that magic number 20 holds, and we run the ball that many times, and we take another W at home. 
I like it. I like it a lot. I'm going to say that we are going to take that W, but I'm going to give a few more points. I'm thinking 28-21, just going off of our average points so far this season, looking at the Packers' point average so far this season, but that's what I'm thinking. Okay. All right. I see where you're coming from. And this is all, of course, my prediction is that Patrick's not in there. If he's in there, I don't even want to predict. I don't even want to go down that road. I don't want to dream too high and wish too hard. I want this to be healthy. <laughs> Come back to us in one solid, healthy piece and just renew your dominance on this league. Absolutely. People are already talking about him sliding out of the MVP race. I'm like, just hang on to your shoes yes. there. Because in three games, he can pass exactly. everybody you, again. You've not seen anything yet. And that's the beauty with who he is and what he's capable of. Is that in three games, just like you said, he could absolutely turn things around. And people will be like, Deshaun Watson, what? <laughs> Aaron yeah, Rodgers, yeah. what? <laughs> Here we go. Back on, back on the Mahomes yes. train. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on, Hong? No, that's it. I'm really excited to be on. I love being the Chiefs fangirl, y'all. And if you don't know, um, you can find me on all the social media outlets, absolutely. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram as Chiefs FGSN. I'm a part of Fangirl Sports Network. And if you're not familiar with that, I want you to get familiar. It's the first ever female-focused sports platform. And it was um, created to create this community around female sports fans. So we're that go-to network for female sports fans across all media outlets. We have a fangirl for every NFL and every NBA team. And there's lots of fun personalities. These fellow fangirls are really into their teams, and it's really fun to follow along. So I'm assuming most of our listeners today are Chiefs fan. But if you have a basketball team that you follow, find your fangirl for that team by finding your team's name followed by fgsn uh did you hear that chief's kingdom <laughs> I, th- I think hong just dropped the mic <laughs> <laughs> fangirls are in the house every sport every league look them up social media they're everywhere you're represented i guarantee you you're represented they even have a raiders fangirl and that says a lot so <laughs> no hate no hate all love anyway it was a pleasure having you on hong Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun talking Chiefs with you today. I look forward to talking to you again when we have about six more wins in the bank and we're looking at the playoffs bright and clear-eyed. Chiefs Kingdom, stay happy. Believe in Patrick. Believe in this team. Stay positive. Go Chiefs. Chiefs Wire Podcast, we are back and on the line. Returning to the show, Nicholas Rose. She was actually our first guest. Uh, of the season. Nick, welcome back to the show, man. How's it going? It's going good. I'm just uh, buckling up, staying buckled up for this uh, up and down season we're having and wild uh, injury riddled season the Chiefs are having. Very wild indeed. And, you know, it doesn't get any easier going against the Green Bay Packers, who just had a huge week this past week. So I have to get your thoughts right away. What is it looking like for this Sunday night? You know, um, I don't, I don't love the Chiefs' chances, but the thing is, it's not that big of a deal. The Chiefs uh, have a com- comfortable lead in the AFC West. Um, I mean, we're talking about the AFC West is probably going to be won by winning nine or ten games, and the Chiefs are already at five wins. Um, I think they have a two, two and a half game lead on the Raiders. Plus, they've already beaten the Raiders once this season, so it's. Uh, I don't. I, I'm not picking the Chiefs to win this week, but they're playing an NFC team, so it's not a conference game. It's not a division game. 
Um, but with, uh, I, I think this game would be tough even with a healthy Patrick Mahomes. Now, if uh, Patrick was healthy, I would certainly pick the Chiefs to win, but it wouldn't be a, a walk in the park by any means. But now you've got possibly Matt Moore playing. Um, I, I, I just don't think uh, Matt, a Matt Moore-led offense behind a makeshift offensive line is going to keep up with the good Packers team. I think uh, the Packers are pretty much a lock to score in the high 20s or low 30s, and I just don't think Matt Moore is going to gonna hang with that. So. Yeah, and that was definitely a uh, a big worry, you know, going into a game like this. Well, with Matt Moore, you would think that maybe a good running game would help, you know, ease the, the pressure on him. What are your thoughts on the, the running game with the Chiefs? It's kind of been up and down with LaShawn McCoy, Damian Williams. It's just what are your thoughts on what they've been doing so far? I think LaShawn McCoy's having uh, quietly a really good season. He's uh, I was actually uh, just looking at his stats and, I'm writing up this article for Chiefs Wire, um, a player to watch on offense and a player to watch on defense. And my uh, player to watch on offense is LaShawn McCoy. Um, he's averaging 5.4 yards per carry, and he's averaging 5.7 yards uh, per touch. So he's been productive um, as a receiver and as a runner. Um, the thing with him is the Chiefs have been kind of dialing him back, especially late in games. You know, he's uh, he's 31 years old, which is – old for a running back um he's also he had the uh ankle sprain earlier earlier in the season um it's been pretty minor he still played really well throughout but uh i think this would be a good week to kind of see if he could handle an increase in a workload um with obviously whether it's matt moore who has his limitations as a passer or if my home starts obviously you don't want him throwing 50 passes on a bum ankle on a bum knee so uh, as far as the other backs though Daryl Williams has been pretty good I don't know if you want him pounding the rock 15 to 20 times but and then Damian Williams has been pretty disappointing he obviously had the injury missed a couple weeks but um, when he has played he hasn't been well he doesn't look like himself from last year Um, doing Looks like he's doing a lot of dancing. He's not hitting the hole with much uh, conviction. Um, doesn't have that. I don't know if he's maybe battling through some injuries as well. He had the injury early on in training camp. And obviously, like I said, he had the injury a couple weeks ago. So it's been kind of a disappointing year for Damian. But I think this is a good game to get McCoy going. Um, see if he could handle maybe, say, 17 to 20, 21 carries, and uh, that also uh, keeps the Packers offense and Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines, and uh, I'd mix in a little Darrell Williams. Darrell Williams has been effective. He's made some big plays in the receiving game, and he can get the tough yards, and uh, as far as Damian, I think you may scale him back and see how the other other two go, and uh you know, Damian might be a guy they end up trading if he could be a trade piece um, if they're going to make a move before the deadline. Uh, it's definitely a possibility with the uh, trade deadline coming up. Uh, a lot of players' names are going to be thrown out there, and you might think that the Chiefs would be looking for some extra offensive line help. 
Um, have you heard any other rumors as the players that the Chiefs could have their eye on? Um, nothing in concrete. Um, obviously, they're always linked to Patrick Peterson. Um, who knows if Patrick Peterson is actually available or not. Um, but other than him, uh, not really. You know, they've been pretty quiet. Uh, the, the, the discussion is now kind of moved to they think they that he the Chiefs may not make a move which would be uh, it would be a little bit disappointing I mean from my perspective you don't want to make a move just to make a move you know for the sake of making a move but um, certainly there's improvements to be made in every level of the defense so you would think there has to be a guy out there who would be an upgrade for the Chiefs. Um, I'm not sure, you know, whether it's a defensive lineman, cornerback, linebacker, or like you said, an offensive lineman. So we'll just have to be patient. We still have just a little under a week here. And uh, hopefully, even if it's just, it doesn't have to be a huge splash, just uh, a guy who could come in and start and uh, just do his job and be solid. No, I definitely agree, and obviously the defense stepped up big last week against the Broncos. They're going against a totally different animal here with uh, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers coming off a huge game um, this past week. What do you think the game plan is going to be for Steve Spagnuolo's group in order just to just try to keep, you know, Aaron Rodgers from hurting them as much as he's done every other team so far? You've got to get pressure on him. That's that's really the only way, and you have to be smart about it because he's not. He's obviously not Joe Flacco, who's going to panic if there's a hand in his face and take the sack or throw the ball away. Um, you've got to get there quick. More than anything, you just have to throw him off his spot, uh, make him uncomfortable. Uh, obviously, Aaron is deadly with his legs. He's a good runner. He's a good scrambler. Um, it's really more about making him, you know, not letting him set his feet, uh, getting hands in his face, just making him uncomfortable, frustrating him. Uh, We actually saw the Chiefs do this way back in 2011 when the Chiefs were not having a good year. They were starting uh, Kyle Orton for the first time, and the Packers were undefeated that year, and nobody gave the Chiefs a chance, and they shocked the world, and they won that game. I think it was 19-14. to Um, obviously Chiefs had a lot better defense then with guys like Derek Johnson and Tom Bahali, but if they can uh, carry over that aggression from last week, that, that's really what it is, is the aggression that they played with last week. They were playing downhill. They were gang tackling. They were pursuing the ball. Um, just they, they made a decision that if they're going to go down, they're going to go down swinging, which is what I like to see. You know, they're, Nobody expects Chiefs defense to be perfect, obviously, all season long. We've just asked them to be average. If they could be average with the offense that the Chiefs have, then we're going to be good to go. So I just want them to keep being aggressive. If you give up the big play because you're being aggressive, I can live with that. But if you're just kind of standing there and waiting to react and then you're giving up the big play still, um, that's not something that that I can really uh, – I can really support. So they'll have to get after Rodgers a bit. Um, they'll have to play physically against the Packers receivers. 
Um, not sure if Devontae Adams is going to play, but they have uh, they're pretty deep at receiver. They have uh, Valdez Scantling, who's a speedster. Mm-hmm. He's having a really good year. He actually leads the Packers in receiving yards this year. And he's actually kind of under the radar, one of the better deep threats uh, in the NFL right now. So Jimmy Graham's a guy who he's not quite the same caliber tight end as he was, but he's still a big physical guy. So they'll have their work cut out for him, but as long as they stay aggressive and they can carry over that aggressiveness from last week, um, they can at least make some plays if they can just get a key sack on third down or if they could get a timely turnover and just uh, force the Packers to play from second and third and long, um, that'll that'll make a big difference. Okay, and, and i got to ask him, you talk about the defense. Uh, Frank Clark, a lot of opinions on him, obviously, after coming over. It was such, supposed to be such a big deal. Uh, what are your, your assessment of his game so far, has he been a full-on disappointment, or do you feel like he's still just trying to find his way within his defense? Well, I think he saved some faith last week against the Broncos, had by far his biggest and best game. Um, Before that Broncos game, I wouldn't say he was a total disappointment, but he certainly wasn't living up to uh, expectations. Um, You know, you don't give up what the Chiefs gave up in terms of draft capital and money to for a guy who's just going to do the little things and be solid. I mean, you're looking at Frank Clark to be a playmaker and to make some game-changing plays. And I compare it to Chris Jones. Uh, Chris Jones single-handedly kept the Chiefs in the game against the Lions a few weeks ago. I mean, Jones had just a dominant first half against the Lions. He had a force fumble, a couple sacks, and there's no way the Chiefs would have won that game without Chris Jones. And up until that Broncos game last week, you couldn't say that about Frank Clark. Uh, I think the Chiefs still would have started 4-0 if they didn't have Frank Clark, and that's kind of the problem that I was having with him. Um, Obviously, we're not even, well, we will be right at halfway of the season after Sunday night's game, so he's still adjusting to a, a new system, a new team. He's he's getting comfortable, and uh, I'm not ready to call him a bust by any means, but through seven games, he hasn't quite been what we had hoped, but like I said, had a very good game against the Broncos. And hopefully that'll be a turning point for him. Um, I know he's battling a little bit of a sore neck this week. He missed practice today, so that's not going to do him any favors, but Hopefully um, he's getting more comfortable and he'll stay healthy and he'll be that that guy against Denver more often than not. Okay, Nikki, before you go, can you just remind everybody which articles to catch for you every week on uh, Chiefs Wire site? Yeah, I've got a few uh, articles I write every week um, on Wednesdays. Uh, I do a scouting report on every opponent that we face. So I have the scouting report up on the Packers. Uh, we just take an in-depth look at them, uh, their key their key uh, players, key matchups against the Chiefs and their coaching schemes. Um, I write an article about one player to watch on offense, one player to watch on defense, uh, guys who could possibly have a big effect on the game from each side of the ball. And 
then a keys to victory article. I come up with five keys of uh, the victory for the Chiefs on how to beat their opponent and uh, also write the inactives, whoever's active and inactive before the game. We try to get those out quick so people know who we're going to who's going to play and who's out. So. Okay. Nick, as always, thank you for calling in, man, and um, we're looking forward to a big game Sunday night. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. Take care. For everyone at Chiefs Wire, we'd like to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure to follow us on social media at The Chiefs Wire for more information. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Check us out next time.